Tony Robbins says, the quality of your life is a direct reflection of the quality of the questions you are asking yourself. We've got some great question and answers today. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. Thanks so much for joining me today for our special monthly Q&A episode. Thank you to those of you who submitted questions on my website, kierandunstonmd.com. You can go to the podcast page and you'll see the section with a microphone and you can click it and you can talk to me. And I may even publish your audio question. How exciting is that? And I will answer some of the most pressing questions that you have. We can't get to them all, but I'm going to pick some that are representative of questions that a lot of you have and get them answered. Because I know that we women at Midlife, we've got a lot of unanswered questions, right? So I don't want you sitting there with them. Like Tony Robbins says, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. So formulate a good question and let's have a great discussion. Let's get right to it. So this week, actually this month, we had, well, first I got to start with a fun one. Mary left this message and I think that it probably speaks to what a lot of you are dealing with right now. She is apparently a former patient from when I practiced basic corporate OBGYN and You can hear in her message about what I was dealing with, and she sees the transformation and what I'm doing now, and she has a lot to say about it, and I think that it really might speak to you, some of you, about where you are and how you're suffering, and speak to you about what's possible. So let's listen to Mary's message. Hello, Dr. Dunstan. My name is Mary Brown. I was a former patient of yours in Savannah. And actually, I saw your PA. And I have to say, every time I saw you in your office, you looked so stressed out and so burned out and so exhausted. And I'm glad that you found a new vocation. You sound so much better. And I've seen what you look like now. And you are just absolutely stunning. And I'm so happy for you. The only thing is, I feel sad for myself because you're not here anymore. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to leave you that note and congratulate you on your journey. Keep it up. Thank you for all your good work. Thanks so much for that, Mary. It really means so much to me. You can see that I was struggling. You see the transformation and you see where I am now. And if you're a woman at midlife and you sound like how I used to be, just a hot mess and really not thriving, then listen up because I help women now undergo the exact same transformation that I underwent. 
not necessarily with your career, but with your health. And if your career is stuck, then maybe it has to do with your health because you got to get that unstuck first. So thank you, Mary. I thought that was a great one to start with. There are quite a few questions that center around a little bit of a similar topic. So Katerina, Ruth, and Karen all had questions about using hormones when you've been in menopause for a while for various conditions. And I think that that's really the theme underlying their questions. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about their questions And then I'm going to kind of go into a little more detail on each of their topics. But Katerina said she was on low-dose estrogen until age 56, and she's had none for two years. She's 58, and she's not on any other medications, she says. And she says, can I restart hormones at 58? Who else has that question? I bet a lot of you do. I get this question a lot. I'm filling the blank, 70 some years old. I'm 60, I'm in my late 50s. I'm in my 80s, sometimes people ask me. And they say, I haven't had hormones. Is it too late for me? So that's a great question. And then also Ruth's question centers a little bit around this too. She said, my doctor gave me prescriptions for gabapentin and Vagifem at 53. Is that right? But no estrogen. And she says that she has been diagnosed with osteoporosis already at 53 and that all she was given was gabapentin and Vagifem. Is that right? And she says, I think I'm, I should have estrogen and I don't. So that's a, another question, a little bit different than Katarina's question, but there's a little overlap there. Should I be taking estrogen at 53, especially when I have a diagnosis of osteoporosis? And then Karen's question also centers a little bit around this. She says that she was previously on hormones. She got a DVT, deep vein thrombosis. She was taken off of them. And then years later was diagnosed with osteoporosis and that she and her doctor decided for her to not go on a bisphosphonate, but instead to start hormone therapy because of not only the benefit for bone, but the other health benefits. And she wants to know if that's a wise thing to do. And she's also been in menopause for a while. So that's the similarity with all these questions. And maybe you have this question too. You've been in menopause for a while. Maybe you have been diagnosed with osteopenia, which is bone thinning to a certain degree, and then once it passes a certain degree, it becomes osteoporosis, or maybe you're having other adverse health consequences from hormonal poverty and menopause. That could be brain dysfunction, where you experience mood imbalance, like anxiety and depression or lack of drive, or maybe it's cognitive impairment, where you're having difficulty with your memory, your focus or concentration. Maybe you're having difficulty with your heart. That's the number one killer of women over 50, heart disease. And that's related to dementia and brain dysfunction because of the vascular nature of these problems. So you have hormone, sex hormone receptors all over your body. They help all systems in your body stay healthy. They're not just about your sex drive and your reproduction. They're about your overall functioning. They're anti-inflammatory. So most women function better when they're not in hormonal poverty and they feel better and function better. So this question of 
how old is too old for hormones? Let's kind of answer that one. Well, corporate medicine has what they call the five-year window. And they say that if you don't start hormone therapy within five years of going into menopause, that there's really no benefit to it. And what I would say to that is, there is some truth to the fact that when the hormone receptors on your cells for estrogen, progesterone, testosterone are not stimulated, these receptors start going away. It's kind of like that friend who comes to your house a lot to have coffee and chat. You roll out the red carpet for her because she's a loyal friend, right? She comes every week. She brings treats. She brings pictures. She brings great conversation and connection and you really look forward to her visits and you roll out the red carpet every time she comes, she's welcome. Well, if she stops coming, what happens? Well, you probably don't roll out the red carpet like you used to. She doesn't show up for a year. She doesn't show up for five years. And then she comes knocking at your door and she says, I want to have coffee. Where's my red carpet? <laughs> and you say, well, honey, yeah, I haven't been here in five years. I wasn't really prepared for a visit from you. And you're kind of wondering what's happening and where she's been and why she hasn't shown up. And you might say, okay, come on in. Let's have a quick cup of coffee. But you don't really roll out the red carpet like you used to. Well, it's kind of the same with the hormone receptors on your cells. When these hormones are not around, it takes a lot of energy for you to roll out the red carpet for your friend, right? You've got to clear your schedule, make sure your house is clean. You know, you've got to have coffee made and have, you know, some maybe refreshments for her. And it takes energy. Well, it takes energy for your cells to have these receptors on their surface in order to greet estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And so your body's very economical, and it's not going to waste energy on activities that don't reap a benefit, kind of like how you are in your life, right? So what it says after a while when these hormones aren't coming is I'm not going to roll out the red carpet and put these receptors out there. It costs me a lot of time, energy, and money to do it, and I'm not going to do it. So it starts taking off the receptors and the receptors start going away. And that's where this five-year window comes from because at the end of five years, it's thought that you really don't have the number of receptors in order to receive the information from these hormones. But there's a kind of cool thing that happens in your body that probably happens in your life. So let's say that friend doesn't come for five years. She shows up and at first you kind of say, well, I wasn't prepared. You didn't call. You didn't schedule something. My house isn't clean. I don't have refreshments. But you're reacquainted with her and you say, but I kind of like the idea. So you might tell her, hey, you know, today's not good, Sally, but how about we set up a date for next month and let's do it. And then maybe you don't go all out like you used to, but you get some things ready, refreshments, and you get your house prepped and you clear your schedule. Well, your body is the same. It will start putting an effort back into rolling out the red carpet when these hormones come knocking. So your body has the flexibility, the ability to adapt. And when the hormones 
are available, it can make receptors. And so it's like you will make a space in your life for your friend to visit with you when she demonstrates that she's present and showing up. Your body has that ability too. And so with hormone therapy, your body can recruit receptors and start receiving the hormonal messages and get out of hormonal poverty. Now, we don't really know how long that takes and we don't know to what degree, but there is reason to believe that you can recruit enough receptors to have benefit. So I kind of like, Karen, that you and your doctor decided you didn't want the bisphosphonate. You didn't say why in your message, and that would have been a treatment for osteoporosis, but I'm thinking it has something to do with the fact that there's some data on bisphosphonates that shows that yes, it increases bone density, but the quality of bone is not that good and it actually can increase your risk for certain types of bone fractures. And so that maybe the two of you decided that it would be better to go with the hormone therapy because it will build quality bone. And also you said in your message for other health benefits, right? So you didn't say, I don't think in your message, how long you had been without and what your age was, but it sounded like you were well into menopause and had been without for a while. And so you fall in this category that we're talking about, right? Your friend hasn't come by. And so you rolled up the red carpet, but now your friend's coming again and you could roll out the red carpet. So I like this approach. I will say most corporate doctors are not really willing to put any woman on hormone therapy who's had a DVT because it does increase the viscosity and coagulability, meaning clotting ability of your blood. And so if you've had a clotting event, a lot of corporate doctors will say you can't try hormones again. I am going to assume that you guys are taking precautions to help prevent any future clotting events and that you've been checked for family inherited coagulopathies like protein C, protein S, factor V Leiden, and other things like that. And as long as you don't have that and you take measures to decrease the coagulability of your blood, maybe she has you taking a baby aspirin a day, I'm not sure. So you're prophylacting so you don't get a clot again. I think it's a great idea. And I would love to hear how your benefits increase, not just with your bones, but with the rest of your health? How does your brain function improve? How does your sleep improve? How does your weight improve? How do all the things that hormones benefit improve? So thank you so much for that question, Karen. And then this relates to Ruth's question too. She has osteoporosis already at 53. So, you know, frankly, estrogen and hormone therapy is not usually first line choice for most corporate doctors to treat osteoporosis. They usually will go with a bisphosphonate as their first line because the corporate doctrine on hormone replacement therapy is that you want to give it in the shortest dose possible for the shortest amount of time for symptom resolution only. And they consider the only two symptoms, urogenital atrophy or vaginal dryness, 
and hot flashes. And they do put osteoporosis in there, but you won't find most corporate doctors going there first because they're afraid. Why are they afraid? That's a whole other discussion, but most of them don't understand the data and the difference between synthetic hormones and biologically identical hormones. And synthetic hormones do have a lot of risks and do increase your risk for breast cancer. Things like medroxyprogesterone acetate and equilin, which is horse estrogen, and, and that medroxyprogesterone acetate is progestin. These are not like your body's natural progesterone and estradiol. So they're chemically different and they do increase the risk of things like breast cancer. But Biologically identical hormones, which women in their 20s and 30s have the highest levels, should not increase your risk for how adverse health consequences when they are given at the appropriate doses and balanced properly. And, you know, if you think about it, if it was estrogen that caused breast cancer, who would have the highest risk of breast cancer? We 20 year old women because they have the most estrogen and they don't. If estrogen caused breast cancer, everybody with estrogen would get breast cancer, and they don't. Men have estrogen. Can they get breast cancer? Yes, but it's about one one hundredth the rate of women. So that right there tells you it's not estrogen itself that causes breast cancer. There are other factors that have are involved in promoting breast cancer, and particularly when it's not balanced with progesterone and other factors in the body, that's what will increase it. So your question about, should I be given gabapentin and Vagifem at 53? Well, I'm, you didn't mention what they're giving you the gabapentin for. That's usually for some type of pain problem. And the Vagifem is for urogenital atrophy. So nothing wrong with Vagifem at 53, but if you have a diagnosis of osteoporosis, the osteoporosis absolutely needs to be treated, hands down most people are not aware. Osteoporosis takes decades to develop. We start losing bone mass at the age of 30. And if we do nothing to counteract this, it just progresses annually and it accelerates at the time of menopause because your bones look to these sex hormones to stay thick and healthy. And when the sex hormones go away, for the most part, completely at menopause, bone loss is accelerated. And so osteoporosis can develop and it's not fixed overnight. It takes years to develop, if not decades, and it can take years, if not decades to reverse. And the problem is this gets to the question of what do you want 80 to look like? Osteoporosis is such an epidemic problem that women in their 80s are at increased risk for falling and having a hip fracture. And unfortunately, a third of women who fall and have a hip fracture will die from that hip fracture. And a third will become disabled where they can no longer live independently. And that can make 80 look like something you wouldn't ever want, right? Living in assisted living out of your own home with people you don't know, eating food you wouldn't choose to eat, right? And losing your independence. So osteoporosis is not a joke. It's a very serious problem. And it needs to be addressed aggressively at every age. But if you're 53 and you already have osteoporosis, this needs your utmost attention. So Ruth, you need to talk to your doctor and or maybe find another one 
who is going to be proactive about treating your osteoporosis. Hormone therapy is one of the first lines treatment options that's approved. So maybe look at that. And there are other options, bisphosphonates. But I would say more than that, you've really got to take a close look at why are you losing so much bone mass? Why have you been losing so much bone mass over these years? Yes, part of it is sex hormones, but there's so many other factors that go into accelerating bone loss and causing osteoporosis that you need to be looking at. I wish I could tell you that your corporate doctor is going to know how to educate you on this and guide you through this. But unfortunately, that's not my experience. My experience from being a board certified OBGYN for almost, well, since 1998, is that the corporate doctrine is they're concerned with what? What is the diagnosis? What drug do I need to give? What surgery do I need to do? And so they're not as concerned with what's causing your osteoporosis and they don't really and aren't trained in the art and science of deciphering why you're losing bone mass. And that's a whole other discussion. If you saw the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit, we had an excellent class on osteoporosis, a masterclass. You can still access it at stopthemenopausemadness.com. I highly recommend that you watch that, both part one and part two, and that you start doing the things that she's talking about to help reverse your bone loss, in addition to addressing it with bioidentical hormones and possibly other medications. So thank you for that question, Ruth, and I wish you the best with that. And then back to Katerina's question, she was wanting to know, could she restart hormones at 58? She's not on any other medications. So Katerina, that really gets to this five-year window. I have talked to some women in their 70s who have been without hormones for 20 years who are opting to try restarting bioidentical hormones, excuse me, because they want to recruit those receptors. They understand that there's no guarantee about how long it will take to see any results. But it's kind of like the analogy I use is if you hadn't been to the gym in 10 or 20 years, which happens for some of us at midlife, and you were thinking about going to the gym and you know a trainer might tell you, well, you probably have a marked decrease in your muscle mass your cardiovascular endurance is probably pretty poor, right? Because the activity that keeps these things vital and upgraded hasn't been happening. And so they might say, well, yeah, you can do it, but it's going to take you a while to see results and you have to be consistent and you've got to commit to a program of action. But you should start noticing something, a little something maybe in a few months and then a few months later, something else. But they might say to you, well, I want you to commit to this for the next year. You're probably not going to reverse two decades of inactivity in one year, but you should notice some benefits. And I'd say it's kind of like that was starting hormone therapy when you've been in menopause for more than five years, 10 years, 20 years. You kind of have to commit to the course of action for a certain period of time and then see how much benefit you get and see if the benefits outweigh 
the cons, the pros outweigh the cons of it. So how long should you commit? I mean, I definitely would say six months, if not 12 months, because it takes time for your body to realize what's happening and upregulate the receptors. It takes time for you to get ready for your friend to come and start visiting with you again. But I have seen women who have been off hormones for decades restart them and actually get lots of benefit. And that's just anecdotal. So you definitely have some great questions. So thank you, Mary, for your noticing my journey. Thank you, Katerina, Ruth, and Karen for your questions. We had many other questions. I couldn't get to all of them, but these three really spoke centrally to a question it sounds like a lot of you are having. So thank you. I'm very grateful that you took time out of your day to go to my website on the podcast page, click the microphone, and to read me your question and state your question. I really appreciate it. And I invite everybody else listening. What questions do you have about your hormones and your health as a midlife woman? Tony Robbins said it, the quality of the questions you ask determines the quality of your life. It's true in every area. It's true for your finances. It's true for your career, your creativity, your relationships. And no more true than with your hormones and your health. So thank you for taking the time to pose these very important questions. They're high quality questions. And I hope that my answers have been helpful. I look forward to talking with you on my next Q&A episode and my next podcast episode next week. And until then, have a wonderful week and peace, love and hormones, y'all. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.